Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. is going on y'all we are back it is another edition of no bets barred this time for ufc 281 israel adesanya going against alex Pereira. it'll be the third time they've fought first time in mma it's a pay-per-view week flyweight hunters are back i mean the vibes are as high as they could possibly get the ufc They're, they never left connor they never ever you're left, right baby. you're right so we'll just start right there i mean we'll just get right into the flyweight hunters it I didn't bet them last week. I felt like I needed to, you know, just take a breather. Some people were like, you must regret that. You must regret abandoning your baby. It wasn't abandonment. It felt like I was a proud father on the sidelines. I was watching them, cheering them on admirably. And especially the Tagir, because I had a bet on that. I was just like, this is just, it. the doubters, I mean, are welcome. We welcome the doubters. We lose two in a row. We get them right back. Bang, bang. Big plus money. Plus 160, plus 190. Uh, I, I ended up getting it at plus one seventies, basically for both of them, <laughs> right around there. So, just monster, monster I mean, you're week. Ta- you're talking about if you put a unit on each of those, you're now looking at one point four units profit on a ongoing two and two. I mean, that's the flyweight underway. Yeah, it's look. No, nobody ever went broke making a profit, and those two flyweight unders last week. I did not watch most of the card live. I was keeping up with it on MMAfinding.com, great website. Great website. I had my bets down, and as I'm watching it, I'm like, "Oh, I, I did catch the main card." But as I'm I'm scrolling through my phone or whatever for the the Hadley Triangle, was like, "Oh, boom, baby! That's how we start the night off." Started off with Tamir Svidal just instantly blowing Ramona Pasquale out the door. Blasted. I was like, "Blasted!" And that's why you want to have a bet down the first because that happened immediately, and I was like, "It's going to be a good night." I followed that up with the flyweight under. And I ended up losing, missing three bets last week. That was all covered plus some by the flyweight unders and everything else, pure profit, baby. I mean, it's it's just a beautiful thing. And and like when Hadley locked that up, I was just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is hitting. It, it took a while for it to finally, like he had it for like 30 or 40 seconds before it finally, the fight got called. But I was like, just right when he got it, I was like, they're so back. They never went anywhere. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. I would have been stressing had I watched it, at, like because I went back and watched afterwards. Had it been live, I would have been like, I would have been a little bit sweaty. I mean, like he's he's hanging out here a long time. You spend this long in it, maybe those legs get a little tired, maybe it drops off, maybe maybe escapes, and then I'm gonna be just heartbroken. No, never in doubt, never in doubt for even a second. And, and Tagir just made it look easy. Just, like it, it was, it was no never ever in doubt with Tagir. 
I felt incredibly good about that bet. Uh, I know we talked about on the show questions. I felt unbelievably good when I saw the photo of Nate Maness uh, making the weight cut. I was just like, I want to be clear. I didn't feel good for him as a person because that was just horrifying to look at what he did to himself to get to that weight. But then I was like, I feel pretty confident he's not going to make it very long in this fight because you just can't do your you can't do your body like that and expect good results no you, you absolutely cannot it was it was scary and and, and someone to have to go through that just to Terrifying. make i mean however much money nate maness made off that fight i can't imagine it's it's generational wealth or anything and to put your body through that is it's bad man he i think he needs to i mean he he talked a lot on twitter about how successful of a cut it was obviously with the way that he performed i i I would probably beg to differ on on how it affected his body. I would I would hope he he starts fighting at 135 again the very next fight. Uh I would hope so too. I will say shout out to him though. A plus Twitter work after oh, yeah. the fight. <laughs> yeah. This this weekend he throws up a y'all got any more than Dagestanis nobody wants to fight tweet. Just A plus plus with work with him. the Dave Chappelle uh uh crack. Yeah. I can't remember that character's skid. name, but yeah. Uh, yeah, all-time stuff. One other thing I want to get into, and I don't know how aware you were of it uh, as the card was going on. Derek Minner, Shailene Norton, Becca. Uh, so pretty much all week, Derek Minner is sitting at plus 170, plus 180. Uh, and then in the hours leading up to the fight, he skyrockets to plus 330. A lot a lot of people hit me up, and they were like, have you seen this line movement? And I, you know, I looked at it, I was like, wow, I don't. I can't possibly think of a reason why that's happening. Uh, and then Derek There's only Minner, one. There's yeah. only one. <laughs> There's only one. And it would be, oh, Derek Minner is probably injured and someone knows something about this. And sure enough, the fight is over in 60 seconds. Derek Minner, I mean, he didn't just injure his knee, but one, once he had like given in the fact that it was injured, he there was nothing he was covered up he was like please just stop this fight that's what it looked like he there was there was no effort to even remain in the fight at all he threw one leg kick knees injured throws another one goes down fights over yeah it's um it's pretty shady shit man that's and i'm not saying Derek minner is in on this by no means making that accusation i don't think he is at all i but the theory that i have in my head is that the information of his injury leaked and people started spreading the word like wildfire and people were just hammering it. I mean, in this this independent investigation that the UFC and the sports books are, are having take place, they talk about the line dropping to minus 450 and people still just hammering it. People hammering uh, Norton Becca first round KO, TKO, despite never having a finish in the UFC, uh, hammering the under two and a half. I just, it is very shady. The the simplest answer, usually the correct one, and I I feel comfortable saying that something for sure happened because the, the thing that is the most damning and obvious to me is is what you mentioned about people still hammering the line as it drops. You know, uh you can right. explain like I could explain this away, or I could at least see a plausible explanation if that line moved because a big better threw an enormous sum. And that still feels shady and still looks like that guy maybe was tipped off. But the fact that it was a multitude of bets that kept this line moving and that even as the line moved, 
you know, there's that only has one real explanation. It's not like a thousand people are waiting on the sidelines and like, I got to wait till the last minute because I'm going to fade Derek Minner. But I, I think this line's going to move. And then they just hopped on it. Like that just is so incredibly not plausible here. So another thing about it is, you know, best fight odds, fight odds.io. It was across all sports books. It's not yeah. like DraftKings took major action on Norton Becca and they moved the line a smidge. Every sports book, I mean, BetMGM had it minus 450, DraftKings minus 410, uh, Bet Rivers had it minus 400, FanDuel minus 350. And Norton Becca was like, I mean, all week, just like he opened at minus 200, goes to minus 205, back to 200, down to 215. Like Saturday at 345. 15 minutes before the card started, he was sitting on DraftKings Sportsbook at minus 220. Like he was sitting there all week, closed at minus 410. Yeah, it's uh, some, something happened. Somebody said something, I don't know who, and that's where, you know, theoretically an independent investigation will reveal something, but somebody should get in trouble for this because it's, it's, it's both a bad look and just really bad objectively. Uh, and all of this is suboptimal because, you know, the, uh, the part of this that won't get talked about, and this isn't really what our podcast is about, so we don't have to dive into it. But one of the things I always think about, uh, and I thought about it with the TJ situation, even though in the aftermath, sounds like this really wasn't part of it. It's just like Derek Minner fought, Derek Minner clearly came into that fight compromised and felt he needed to fight. And it would be a lot cooler if fighters were compensated to a degree that he doesn't feel he needs to take this fight when he is obviously physically uncompromised because, and again, extremely clear, I am no way suggesting Derek Minner was involved or this was a a throw or anything like that. But that does create opportunities for similar situations to be much, much shadier where there is a fighter who says, man, my knee's blown out. I need to take this paycheck and I'm only making 10 and 10 or whatever. Cause I'm a contender series guy. Maybe I just, you know, tell aunt Betty, I'm probably not going to win this one cause I can barely walk. And she bets the, the mortgage on it. And then we, we settle up after the fact, like the pay structure creates these incentives. And I don't think that's what happened here. But it would not surprise me if things like that became much more commonplace moving forward because of the way stuff works, man, the way the world works. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point by you. I I really hadn't even thought of the old, uh, you know, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, uh, and then you settle it up afterward because you know you're not going to win this fight and you need the payday. You might as well make the payday that much richer. I mean, I can't imagine the mindset of Derek Minner going into that fight almost positive he is going to lose it and take a beating in the process just to get his half of the pay like he's like well win bonus ain't happening i'm just getting my show pay and i'm just gonna have to get beaten down in the process yeah i i don't know and you know maybe we'll never know it it just sort of is it's, it's an unfortunate situation i'll be really interested to see how this investigation plays out because it seems incredibly clear that something untoward happened here. Also, if you told me that like six weeks from now, everybody just forgot this happened and nothing came of it, 
That wouldn't shock me either. So wouldn't sh- wouldn't shock me in the slightest, which is is incredibly unfortunate. I mean, Unfor- for sure, unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, imagine like a. I'm trying to think of a solid comparison. In another sport, I mean, a football team goes out, the line moves however much, and then they just get blasted forty nine nothing or something. It it would it would feel a little bit sketchy. Yeah. It uh. So I. I think I had a sub bet on this oh, one. Oh, I had a sub bet. It's the curse I, I think of the sub prop. I think you talked me into the yeah. into the, the curse of the sub prop. Cheers here. to the sub prop, baby. Cheers to the sub prop. Uh I'm didn't happen with my book. I'm a little interested to see if uh any sports book stops stopped action on this. Uh certainly paying out on Nerdenbekov ticket or yeah. just because like that wouldn't be entirely unreasonable to me if like DraftKings or FanDuel or somebody was like yeah, this is shady, and you had an uh, you suddenly dumped all this money on minus four fifty. I don't know if I feel good about that. Like, I could see sports books not honoring some of those tickets. So, uh, I don't know if it's related, but DraftKings took quite a while to ta- uh, pay out my Mario Bautista bets. Uh, different fight. I I only had so much action on this card on DraftKings itself, uh, but yeah, it took them till like the next day. Uh, I was like, man, if I don't if I don't have this by Monday, I'm gonna have to hit him up. I wonder if maybe there was a there was a pause because of this fight. It, that wouldn't surprise me at all, honestly, because I am. It's just so shady that somebody had to be like, "Hey, we're we got a lot of late action pushed here," because sports books and casinos know how that trends work, and this is one of the triggers to identify something like that. So, uh, wouldn't shock me if they had took a took a day to kind of pay out on this whole card just to sort of take an internal look at their ducks in a row makes sense makes sense that was ufc vegas 64 we now move on to the big one ufc 281 madison square garden i also connor i want to say i respect you not mentioning that the rodriguez parlay failed oh oh man (laughs) we wanted to talk about that uh (laughs) marina rodriguez is never getting a title shot she got her chin blasted she did not look great through the first two rounds regardless uh, and yeah, we said Marina Rodriguez at minus 205 was probably not good value. Turns out it was Super terrible <laughs> value. It was bad. Like I was looking back on it. I finished up like one unit. I was like, man, I could have just not made that Rodriguez bet and I would have finished up like three units. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was tough. Also, Daniel Rodriguez not getting it done. So both I legs. You, you saw that fight? Yeah, I watched, I watched most oh, of the main card. Oh man, like. It was, I, I live I, bet Magni, and I was freaking sweating it, man. <laughs> I mean, nineteen nineteen going into the third, in my opinion, I think it was two judges had it nineteen nineteen, one had it twenty eighteen Magni, uh, and then he comes out looks great in the beginning of the third. I'm like, mm-hmm. we might get this done by decision. I had I had uh, Rodriguez by decision. I think it was plus two twenty five, and uh, yeah, and then he just let him stand up, and then thirty seconds later, the fight's over. Yeah, it was. Uh... I, after the first round, I was like, oh man, this is, it was very clear to me. And I was obviously very wrong. I was like, oh, well, once Neil Magny has this round, things aren't going to get worse for him. He gets better as fights go on. So I took him with a pretty hefty bet because where the odds were at alive. And then after the second round, I was like, I've made a terrible mistake. All of the profit I was about to realize from flyweight unders, that's all gone. This is horrible. I was reevaluating everything. And then pulls it out in the third. So that was a roller coaster of a fight. Oh, but God, ultimately, yeah. it meant both Rodriguez's loss. And I always feel better about that, man. 
If I've got a parlay down, one, the over one and a half Rodriguez parlay cashed. But sketchy. if I have a parlay, <laughs> sketchy, sketchy for a half second because I was cheering it on too to finish on a parlay. I was definitely up screaming at my TV when she had that. She had her back and it looked like she it's might a get sketchy. a choke in. It's a little, little sketchy, but Pat, you know, cashed. But then the straight Rodriguez parlay, both legs fail. And so I feel smarter. Instead of individually betting both of those people, I just tied them together and they both lost. So it's, it's if you're going to lose a parlay, it. lose all the legs. It is the best way to do it. I can't decide which is worse. Losing the first leg of the parlay and then going on to see every other leg hit with relative ease or getting to the final leg and then losing the final leg in oh, the in first is definitely fashion. The first is definitely worse because the the second one you should be buying out. Like when you only have one leg to go, you should at least be hedging your bet. Um you, you know? at least get the thrill. You get the thrill too. Like you, you, you know, it's kind of yeah, going on. And you're you're building energy. Uh, somebody, I don't remember if you were clued in on this. Somebody tweeted me over the weekend, uh, prior to the main event, and it hit six legs of a seven teamer. And the last one was Marina Rodriguez. Was like, uh-huh. hedge or let it ride. And I was like, always hedge. Yeah, you and hedge. and then they obviously that worked out very well for them. <laughs> In that regard, but like, yeah, I mean, un- unless you have the utmost confidence, like uh, there's there's been times where like uh, Deontay Wilder fought a few weeks ago, and the final leg mm-hmm. was that fight doesn't go to a decision. And I was like, I'm gonna just let this one ride. Yeah, I, I have you know a what? feeling. Just run it. <laughs> yeah, ended in the first round. So, uh, all right, UFC Vegas 64 tie the bow was, on it. Speaking of utmost confidence, let's talk about a fight card where I have one bet that I feel good about. The Jed. Jaron T is supposedly making a reappearance on oh, UFC is, 281. Baby. Let's get into it. Uh, Madison Square Garden, New York City. Uh, some say it's the greatest city in the world. I do it's, not. Um, it's the only city that has you in it. So it's the I only city that's got me in case. it. I'm sitting in a skyscraper in downtown Manhattan right now. Uh, I can see the garden uh, just a few blocks away. I can smell it. The It looks beautiful. Uh, very old building, beautiful still, smack in the middle of Manhattan, well, world's most famous arena. They say when it gets loud enough, the whole block shakes, yada, 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 all the cliches about it. But that's where it's going down. Sold you out. Can, you can tell us this week. You can be like, hey, you know, the, the block shook when that main event was going on. The block shook when the main event was going on. That's where it's all going down. It should be fantastic. I cannot wait for this one. And let's dive right into it. The main event. Israel. Adesanya, Alex Pereira, the middleweight championship of the world. This will be the third time they've fought. Uh, You know, this is a storyline that will get beat into the ground and beat into our heads by the time Saturday rolls around. But I feel like we can't really overstate the potential that this fight has. I mean, the history of them, the talent that these guys have, the, the first two fights being competitive, close fights. And I went back and watched them and I could see almost the exact same thing happening here in the main event. I could see it being a close competitive fight where, where both fighter has their moments. Like uh, it, it could end up being a war. I, I'm hoping that's what it is. Madison square garden. So much is on the line. I really feel like this fight has so much potential. Obviously there could be letdowns. That's what happens sometimes in the UFC, but I'm going to be on pins and needles uh, when they're making their walks. Yeah, man, this is, it's really, it's really interesting, really weird fight because on, 
It's it, um, the, one of the narratives. This fight isn't deserved. Alex Bajeda really hasn't earned this title shot. But come fight night, that does not matter because nope. this is just fascinating. And it's great matchmaking. The UFC came here with the intention to make this fight when they signed him, and they got there on the quickest route possible. And I have a ton of questions. I don't have any good feeling about this fight whatsoever. Uh, I have one bet down. We'll get to the bet because it's not even a real bet. Uh, so I am interested to hear. Before we hop into the fight, do you have action here? You, I know you love main event action. I assume you oh, do. Yeah. yeah, I got actions on uh, on a side and a total. Listen. I, oh, I, I know the side. Yeah, the I mean, I, easy. Listen, I really enjoy Alex Pereira. Love watching him fight. I think he's electric. I think this this shit talking tour that he has been on right now, leading up to this fight, the trolling that he has done on social media is artistic. I mean, it's been fantastic. Going to Times Square, taking a picture with the Elsa character, you know, running the simulation on the UFC game, posting uh, clips of the last fight of his son. Like he has been really doing an excellent troll job. I've bet on him. In his first three UFC fights, uh, have cashed all the tickets. Obviously, that's why he's getting this title shot. Big fan of Alex Pereira. But the thing is, loyalties don't die so easy around here. I mean, I've uh, I've been riding with Izzy for a much longer period of time. Uh, people talk about, man, his fights are so so boring, such boring decisions. Not when you have money riding on him, and not when he continues to cash ticket after ticket. Uh, the side is Izzy. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and give you a long soliloquy of why. I I kind of feel like you. I have a ton of questions. I don't really feel confident in either side, but I'm riding with my guy, Izzy. See, I respect that. I I cannot bet him. I, I In my head, I think he should win this. This is, I think, the value here is Pejera. And like this is a total dog or pass bet. And it's the re- I haven't made a bet on it because... I can't get my head around doing it because I just don't. There's so many unknowns for me, even though we've seen him fight twice before. And yes, kickboxing, not MMA, but I think you can extrapolate a lot from it. I have Izzy arguably won that first fight. Uh, first fight's close. I'm I'm happy saying either guy won. There's no real issue there. The second fight, he was clearly winning until he got stoned. And that's the big problem for me here is I've talked about a lot on this program, on other programs. I think that fighters do not pay, and far be it for me to tell one of the greatest fighters of all time, Israel Adesanya, how to fight. Because that seems real stupid to just say, I think you're fighting wrong, buddy. But I don't think fighters give enough credence to the, the war versus the battle, right? Whereas... The reason is he's been catching this criticism as fights are boring is because he's not taking risks. And that makes a ton of sense, right? Because you want to mitigate your goal is to mitigate risk if you're the champion. Too much rides on having the belt. And so he is not going to give Jared Cannonier more opportunities to do something if he can stay in third gear and just, you know, manage everything. My issue, I think that that is a flawed approach to fighting, though. I said this way back in the day with George St. Pierre as well. And Truth be told, George St. Pierre almost lost to Carlos Condit for the exact reason I'm about to speak of, which is when you are fighting people, it, it, it feels safer. And in the micro, maybe it is safer to consider every engagement as a highly risk involved and try to minimize as much of that as possible. 
But the truth is, it's actually safer to finish people before they get to spend 25 minutes, because that's my big concern here. Alex Pajeda is incredibly dangerous. And yes, Izzy can defend most of it, right? And in a five-minute fight, I think he can stay safe for five minutes. But if you keep not taking the risks, quote-unquote, to finish your opponent, to you're giving them a longer timeline to land something, and Jared Cannonier couldn't do anything, and and so Izzy's, Izzy's way totally works. But my earlier point, George St. Pierre was letting people fight him for 25 minutes that he could have gotten out of there. And again, worked for him. But Carlos Condit kicked him in the head and almost finished him because George just kept letting the fight go on. I think there's a real value to being a finisher and to actively pursuing a finish instead of being entirely reserved, entirely defensive. And I have enormous questions on how this looks against Pajera because it takes one with that dude. That dude, I legitimately think he might be the the hardest puncher pound for pound in the sport. Like, it, it doesn't just take one I, everyone talks about the left hook the left hand you know the touch of death it doesn't just take that i mean he can also finish you with his right hand he can also finish you with his knees his limbs are just an arsenal of of weaponry it is he is lethal and i actually agree with you here that's sort of what gives me pause is that i have it written down in my notes the way that izzy does fight so defensively sounds so uh risk averse he he he's looking to retain the belt he's looking to fight as smart as possible i think alex pereira is going to bring this fight to him hell or high water i mean if you're going to bring the fight to the champ like this you need to have this confidence and who is going to have more confidence than the man who just puts everyone to sleep has already beat this dude twice once by decision and once by just icing him with boxing gloves on i i think the fight is going to be brought to him and it it does give me a little bit of pause on izzy yeah i i think is I'm I'm unsure. I everything in my head says that Pereira should bring the fight to him. Um I can also see this one being a bit of a feeling out process because Pereira doesn't rush and Izzy's going to be really defensive. And so it's just I, I have questions, man. I got a lot of them. And I want to get back, I want to go back to the point of calling him the hardest puncher in MMA. Yeah, go ahead. Because the thing is like Francis Ngannou is the is punches people harder than I've ever seen a human being punch somebody. But when Francis Ngannou swings, you can see the energy and the force and the power that he is he is trying to hurt somebody. Pahara thuds people and barely looks like he's flicking his wrist. Like he is he must be the most densely boned human being alive because when he hits somebody, there is not a wind up. There is not it is just boop and you're dead. And that's that is even harder to defend against that for 25 minutes. And that's ultimately where I'm talking myself into the Pajera bet, which I hadn't I had not been made because in my head, Izzy is better. He's technically more proficient, certainly more experienced in MMA. He has fought him twice and is gonna know how to approach this. He was winning the second fight. Kickboxing isn't 25 minutes, and that I think is really the thing that's that that pulls me here is Pajara has 25 minutes to land on him four ounce gloves and is he is too defensive and he's gonna give him the full 25 minutes and at some point you just can't be perfect defensively it doesn't happen in MMA nobody is defensively perfect for that long forever and so I've talked myself into it I'm actually gonna take Pajara 
because at plus 175, uh, what's his KO odds? I was going to say, I feel like KOs are safe. I actually... I'd take plus two... I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take plus 275 on KO for Pajeda because I think... I don't think he's winning a decision over Izzy. That seems unlikely, right? No, that that seems very unlikely to me. Uh, though it is a possibility, going back and watching the Silva fight. I mean, he found a lot of success without finishing Silva. I mean, maybe maybe Silva's a little bit tougher. I mean, I guess I can't even really say that because, I mean, Izzy has one loss on on his MMA record, and it's by uh, decision. Yeah. I just don't think is going to be able to land enough different yeah. offense to win rounds to win three rounds out of five, I, I, so. think in, I think I think a finish by Adesanya is alive I, well, I think that's very alive because Pejera is going to I think he's more chance to do it this than he has recently because Pejera is going to make him fight and when he fights he can finish of course just, that's, that's sort of my argument is that is that everyone says he he goes to decisions nonstop, which is true the majority of his fights especially as champion have have been to a decision but it's not like we haven't seen him finish people and finish people in in brutal fashion when he does i mean the costa was complete domination the first whitaker one was was brutal too uh like he has that ability uh to do it and i mean obviously when you're fighting on a championship level uh, look at john jones as well like you are going to much more decisions than you are when when you're coming up in the ranks, you know, regional scene and contendership in the UFC. Uh, I just saw your face. Uh, did, what, what just happened over there on your end? Oh, I just I just looked at the over under, and I I did not realize that the under four and a half was plus money. So I'm going to be betting that for sure. Well, here's the thing: uh, the two bets, obviously, Adesanya is one. I snagged them, you know, at the beginning of the week. I also snagged the under four and a half, uh, somewhat. I feel like it's somewhat of a hedge a little bit because I feel like Pereira's best route to victory is by knocking Adesanya out. But I think there's also a very live chance of a double hitter and Adesanya finishing Pereira. But seeing that that under at, at plus money was was surprising to me as well. Yeah, plus money, I'm definitely taking it because I I do think this fight gets stopped because I think either Pereira is going to find the shot because he's is he's going to give him too much time to do so, or is he? If, if Pereira, Pereira's going to make this a fight, and when when Izzy is forced into fights, unless you're Kelvin Gastelum, who no mortal man can knock out, uh, a finish is going to happen one way or the other, right? Like that's. Yeah. I think that that's. Just, yeah, I, mean, I watched that Gastelum fight back. I mean, he gets knocked down three times in the fifth round. Like, how do you not? How do you not just call it like? Uh, that fight really probably should have been stopped, but I was sitting cage side with Sean Alshadi for oh, that one. Sick, I was, great was in Atlanta. Uh, that fight is—it's the best fight I've ever seen live. It's one of the five best fights of all time, probably. And I distinctly remember, like after that fight, because like one, the next fight up. <laughs> was Max versus Poirier. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually looked over that card. I, you know, Phillips the, Arena or State Farm by then? Uh, there's still Phillips, I think. Um, oh, sick. So sick. The, the, people don't remember that those were the top two fights of the year, that Izzy Gastelum was fight of the year. Number two was Dustin Max. And I distinctly remember watching Dustin Max be, and being like, this fight's awesome, and I I'm already emotionally spent from the one before. <laughs> Unbelievable! Like we all just kind of walked around like dazed. Everybody in press row was like, "Man, that was." We just watched something, and then we still had Dustin Max, and was like, "This fight is also incredible." 
<laughs> there, there's nothing like when you just get back to back, just absolute bangers, especially when, when they're just long, long wars. It's, it's unbelievable. I've yet to witness it in person. The best fight that I've seen in person, uh, to this date is, is Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor. And like, wasn't Man, completely dazed, but like I was emotionally spent after it. Like, I just remember that fifth round, just like screaming my guts out, just like how crazy it was getting. But we're, we're getting off track. Uh, one one thing I do want to throw out to you. Oh, it, I love this because I also have a thing I want to throw out to you. I mean, is there like a, is there any world where this isn't just a straight kickboxing match and like we, we see Adesanya go for a takedown? I, I hope not. Um, Neither of these guys have we, landed a takedown yet in their UFC careers. Nope, or even attempted one. Uh, here, actually, I would say I, in their careers ever, because they came from kickboxing. So these guys have literally never gone true. for a takedown. So I mentioned that I have one bet on this fight before I I picked up a couple as we talked through. Yeah. Uh, I'm bringing it back, baby. Uh, I I looked at this fight and I thought I thought the same thing you said. I said, "Is there any chance?" No. But as we know, if all uh, my instincts are wrong, the opposite must be true. Uh, so we, we're bringing back the Costanza here for Adesanya Pejera. The fight ends by submission oh at plus God. 900. <laughs> I don't think that's big enough. I don't think that's big enough. Well, if you picked either fighter, because originally I looked at it and... Uh, Izzy's like plus 1400 and Pajero's like plus 2500. And then I was like, eh, what if? I agree. It's not really big enough. But also, I just, what if it happens? You know, what if it happens? I and know, you can dude. Say, I, I looked, I'm I, the guy who called this. I looked at the Izzy sub props and it was like plus 1600. I was like, oh my God, am I that big of a degenerate? Like, could you just imagine how cool it would be? But like, my my sub props aren't just like not hitting. They ain't even coming close. Like, yeah. well, the last one you made uh, <laughs> created a created a wormhole in the space time continuum where it also somehow involved potentially potential illegality in yeah, betting. So that's that's what happens when I bet sub props. Uh, I mean, God, it'll be such a good meme if it hits. Like, if I'm watching that fight on Saturday and I'm and like. Izzy gets his back and it's like, oh my God, he's going to choke him out. Like he's going to choke him out. I I don't know what I'll Dude, do. Like, if I mean, Izzy I'll love drops it. Him, look, if, all I'm saying is if Izzy drops Pajeta, he should a thousand percent go to the ground and try and submit him. <laughs> like He shouldn't be like, yes, Pajeta, stand up. I know I dropped you. Still, stand up. 100%. This is easily. So I'm taking, I took, I took a shot, just a little baby shot, not a full unit by any regard. Cause that's just lighting money on fire. But Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to put something on that, I'd put 0 0.1 units on it just for the hell of it. Uh, yeah. But I mean, Izzy, unit, cause I still want to feel alive. Izzy's not, he's not like, I mean, what we've seen from his ground game, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's not terrible. He has good takedown defense as we've learned. Uh, last thing I want to say on it, you mentioned it like, with the Gaslam fight, I mean the Whitakers, the uh, the the Costas, like he will engage in wars. Like he can have insane fights. It's the recency bias of of the decisions lately of you know the Romeros, the leg kick cities, everything like that. Like he can have wars, and I will not be surprised if this ends up being a war. If Izzy wins a war with Alex Pereira, like. The tides are going to turn on Twitter and everyone's going to be, you know, loving him up. But like, 
just remember where you stood before this one. If you're if you're putting out the the uh, leg kick memes, uh, you know, running around the octagon, yada yada yada. Don't turn your tune on Sunday uh, to you know middleweight goat X Y Z blah blah blah. I'm gonna stay with it because be interesting, man. Like be interesting. My issue with Izzy is not that he's fighting boring, though I don't love that. It's that one. He's indignant about the fact that he's fighting boring. And this isn't a him problem. This is just fighters in general can't, they can't take criticism. I'm like, you don't have to piss on my head and tell me it's raining, bro. Your fight with Kennedy wasn't fun. Like it was not an interesting, exciting fight. And you don't have to pretend it is. You can be like, yeah, you know, did what I had to do. Not the best effort. Uh, you know, fans don't like it. I, I understand that. We'll try and get them next time. Like you, you can, that is an approach that grown men could take, but that fighters seem incapable of. My issue is that this has happened repeatedly and he just says the same thing beforehand, which is like, no, nah, I'm gonna, you know, before the cannoneer thing, he had some really corny ass line. Frozen about, like Elsa. No, that, well, that was, that was also there, but no, it was a corny ass line about like blade and vampires or I'm a vampire or some shit. I'm going to, and then he just does that. And like, don't don't talk all that all that greasiness if you ain't gonna do anything about it. You know, uh, like this fight camp, it's a horror movie. He said it on the MMA hour. I was like, wow, that's actually pretty sick. Uh, it's gonna be violent. I want it to be a horror movie. Uh, we're gonna take him to the deepest depths of the ocean and see who can swim. Uh, but then I saw a quote tweet from it from MMA Junkie. I was like, oh, we'll see if they give the MMA hour credit. He said the same thing on TMZ. I was like, damn. Oh yeah, he just repeats the I was same like, thing. Damn, over and over. bro. Yeah, he has his he has his bookmark thing, and like it's that just always grates on me because like if you're gonna say it, do it. Like talk about it, be about it. When I'll Justin say. Gaethje says I am going to try and create car crashes, he does not go and leg kick people at a distance and and work a jab. He creates car crashes. Like talk about it, be about it is my only real issue with him in this. And then to also be indignant when people are like, yeah, I wasn't dope. <laughs> Uh, well, I got a quote for you later on that that we can dive into on uh, you know a fighter that you might not be a biggest a fan of, but uh, oh, I'm yeah. Team Izzy till the wheels fall off, and then once the wheels fall off, I'm still Team Izzy. Uh, the guy has won me copious amounts of money. I've obviously met him in person a couple times. Uh, I mean, he's a great dude in person. The, Talk to him; he's a great guy. Yeah, the swag, you know, the the showmanship. Like I was just going back through pictures, the walkout. Walking out as the Undertaker with the urn that said Jared on it, I mean that's that's classic stuff. Now, do I wish he had went out there and just blasted his head into the third row? It would have been really yes. cool if he had actually put Jared in that urn. But I just like I'm such a sucker for the showmanship. Like I love the walkouts like that. Like that's why like I have I I like Sean O'Malley. Like I love like the the putting the thought into things and and you know. Things like that. Uh, so, yeah, I got Izzy. You got Pereira. We're both on the under. Uh, can't wait. Cannot wait. Uh, I have Pereira by KO. Is okay. I'm, take. I'm pretty KO. sure I'm just going to take KO instead of the uh, – because you get an extra 100 points of value yeah. there. That yeah. feels like that's yeah. totally worth it. And uh, I've got the Izzy Pereira finishes by sub flyer. Yeah, love that. You've got questions. I've got questions. Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira have answers come Saturday night. Cannot wait for it. Let's keep it rolling. Let's go to the co-main event. Only spent 38 minutes on uh, last week's card in the main event, so let's get right into the co-main. Well, I don't uh, have much to say about a lot of these other fights, so it's cool. <laughs> 
Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It is the strawweight title fight. It is Carla Esparza going up against Wiley Zhang. Right now you can get Zhang for minus 320. Esparza coming back plus 265. Fight goes minus 105. Fight does not minus 125. Uh, the floor is yours. Uh, I've been made aware that this is the uh, the Jed guarantee coming into play here. I have two bets on this fight. I will have a third bet. Uh, one. Later, the first bet, uh, I am taking uh, Wally Zhang inside the distance at even money, plus 100. Kind of shocks me that that's the number here. You know the number that shocks me more, though, is uh, that she is only minus 320 because that makes no friggin' sense, Connor. The line has moved in favor of Asparza, actually. It, I don't... Like, unless this is another situation where there's an injury that we aren't being told about or whatever, I cannot fathom what the hell is going on here because Wiley Zhang is going to kill this woman. Like, it is. I took, as soon as we were talking about it last week when I told you this, I, I just assumed that she would be at least minus 500, if not heavier. And I looked at it and the line was minus, I don't know, 350 or something like that. And so I immediately just put a huge number of units on it. We're leaving enough units back to make other wages on this card. And when we're done here and I've done making my bets, this is this is the second time I'm ever having done it. The first time Valentina Shevchenko, I'm going all in on Wiley Zhang because <laughs> I just don't see a world where, barring a freak injury, like where she loses this fight. You can argue that Carlos Spars is a better wrestler. I'm not entirely sure that's actually true. 
um, as far as MMA wrestling goes, but I'm at least willing to even concede that point. Zhang is so much more physically dominant than her. And like, sure. Asparza has never dealt well with people who are more athletic than her. And I don't know that there is a more athletic woman in the sport and certainly not in this division. Like, cause I think people just forget when we talk about Wiley Zhang because of the fights with Rose and how that shook out, I think we sort of underestimate her, but we're talking about a woman who thumped Jessica Andrade, who is one of the most athletic fighters in the world. And Carla Esparza is maybe a plus athlete for strawweight. Like I'm not even sure she's, She's not a negative athlete, but she's not high on the athletic scale. And every time she's faced a good athlete, Tatiana Suarez, Claudio Gadelia, Ioannia Jacek, those were all just problems for her. The one good athlete she's beaten is Rose Namajunas. And I personally am taking absolutely nothing away from the Rose win other than I was Carla. Gonna, I was, uh, well, I was going to say the, the Rose Zhang too. Rounds four and five. Nope. Gives you no pause? No. Okay. No. Well, Jean is no, she is nowhere near the fighter that Wiley Zhang is. Like, Yan Zhanan is just not. Uh, you know, the Rose. No, 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 fight, no, no. I'm talking about the Rose when Rose took her down in, in rounds four and five. And oh, that's essentially oh, Rose Zhang. Gotcha. Yes, I thought you were sorry, talking sorry. Rose Yan for no, the, no, no, the no, last. No. No, because I think in part, a lot of that was the element of surprise in that I. I don't think Zhang was prepared for Rose to go for wrestling. If Esparza can get top position, maybe she can hold on. I also just don't think so, uh, realistically, because I, th- I think Zhang could just be like, no, I'm a way better athlete than you. We're not going to... She can Derek Lewis her way up and just be like, cool, what are you going to do? <laughs> Jump on my back and submit me? That's not a thing that's going <laughs> to happen here. So I think this is one-way traffic uh, immediately. I love... Uh, Zhang's performance against Ioana and Jacek, one of the best fighters of all time in their rematch, she just killed that woman. Yeah, and never close. You can talk, you can, you know, make the argument that Ioana's fallen off a little bit. Maybe some of that's true. I would pick Ioana to absolutely thump up Carla tomorrow. Like that's she's she maybe fell off some, but she didn't fall off enough for that fight to be explained by by Ioana losing an edge. It is Wiley Zhang is still getting better. She is just an unbelievable physical presence. And she is going to make that incredibly clear on Saturday. I it's it's my second all in bet ever for a reason. I will be flabbergasted if Asparza wins this. I mean, I'm with you. Like I, let's let's be clear here. This is uh, you know, I won't say it with with as much bravado as you did. It's it's similar to the Islam fight, but I'm essentially with you step for step. I, I mean, she's she's more powerful. She has more volume. She's more aggressive. Like she's just physically dominant in this fight. And if it stays standing, if it's not just a lay and pray for Esparza, which I don't really see it being, it I really just I see it being one way traffic, like you said. Like I I. I think that the most likely outcome is Zhang finishing Esparza at some point in this fight. I have Zhang parlayed up a few times over, and I have fight does not go to a decision at minus 125. I Yeah, it is. I mean, she is minus 320 right now. 
that's a 76% win probability. If they fought a hundred times, like a lot of my bets are looking for a five to 10% edge over win probabilities, you know, like, oh, this guy's a 35%, but I think he wins four out of six, you know, like looking for those edges to think it's at least worth value. I mean, if also a hundred times, how many times do you think Zhang wins this fight? It's if, at least 90. If you look at the Asparza run to a title, take bad the, man, take the Yan Jiaonan fight of it out of it. 29 28 win over Virna Janjaroba, majority decision over Alexa Grasso, split decision over Michelle Watterson, split decision over Marina Rodriguez. She probably didn't deserve, <laughs> probably didn't deserve. I mean, you have one majority decision and then three split decisions, including your title win. Like, it is not the most impressive run to a title. And if it ends on Saturday against Wiley Zhang, I mean, it will be just like a a blip on the on the radar. Like, it'll be it'll be like she never even had it. Yeah, it's, she's got the wedding pictures though. Yeah, I mean, you can't take it away from her. She. She cemented, I think she probably would have made her way into the Hall of Fame anyway as the first ever strawweight champion, even though people in the know at the time all knew that she deserve is not a word to use strongly in this sport, but like she wasn't the best strawweight in the world when she won the championship originally. Everybody knew that the actual best one was Ioannia and Jacek and Claudia Gadelia, their first fight that determined who was going to fight the winner coming off tough that that person was probably the actual best. And and it played that way out. But you can't take that away from her. I think that would have gotten her into the Hall of Fame. But by reclaiming the belt, she is a surefire Hall of Famer at this point. She's a two-time champion. I don't think there's any way that she doesn't make it in. And that's all all well and good, and she deserves her flowers. But there is she is maybe... It's a Michael Bisping situation. She's like realistically maybe the fifth best strawweight in the world. And Wiley Zhang is at worst number three. At worst number three. So I think she's going to kill her. I'm with you. I I think this is Zhang all day. Uh, So we'll see on Saturday night. Uh, Not as many questions on this one, but there will be answers. Round three, yeah. Esparza's already racked up 15 minutes of control time. We we sweating a little bit? No. Oh, I just don't even think. I genuinely cannot believe that to be possible. But listen, I just if, like if she If she wins the first three rounds cleanly, sure, I'll be sweating. Because at that point, it feels like she knows something that I didn't. But I just always try to Doctor Strange these scenarios when, when you go all in. Just because there's nothing worse than just going incredibly heavy on a bet and then you're in like Oh yeah. I'm you're not halfway smart. through the third round. <laughs> you're halfway through the third round and you're like, Oh my god, I didn't really factor this in and this is not going how I want to. Now we got live line, it's like um minus one thirty, Asparza plus one ten Zhang, and you're like Oh God! What have I done? Like, uh, oh yeah, I as you recall when I did this. Yeah, with Valentina, Valentina got Shevchenko, the plus money. I it, took uh, her at plus money live. Well, it was a better bet than me betting my bankroll on her, but she cashed for both of us. So you know, it uh, it's not a smart thing to do. I'm not here to defend myself as a wise and sage gambler, but I, I know I would never do that for myself either. <laughs> but it's what I, I looked at. This was like I don't. I don't think I'm going to find better value this year on a bet. So 
Taking it. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's keep it rolling. Main card, lightweight bout. Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. Right now, you can have Poirier for minus 210, Chandler for plus 180. Over, under, set at one and a half. Over, minus 140, under, plus 110. Um, you you got fe- action here? I do. You have feelings about this fight, I assume. Uh, I, I, have, I don't know how I feel about this fight, um, if we're being honest. The top two... I, like I told you at the top of this and, and in the pre-show, I was just like, I don't feel good about any bets other than the Wiley Zhang bet. Like, it's the only bet that I feel really good in. I do not personally like Michael Chandler. I've made that incredibly clear on basically yeah. every program MMAfighting.com <laughs> has put out in the past yes. two years. Um, it is – you. I I can no longer deny that he is – both at least a decent fighter and really fun to watch. So fun. His, you, um, you know he's going to bring... The quote that I was going to bring up that I alluded to earlier was uh, Michael Chandler, I'm going in there to either make a highlight or to be made a highlight. Yeah, and that's dope because that's literally the exact opposite of entire Bellator career. So <laughs> it took four fights and then I finally have come around to be like, well, he's at least doing the thing he says, right? Because... Previously, when he was saying all these dumb things and yelling and screaming C at the top or whatever, I was just like, "You're, dude, you got knocked out by a featherweight and you weren't that fun or interesting. You had some good fights, certainly in Bellator, but you also had some, a lot of duds. And that has not been the case. He has turned it on in the UFC. And that's where we're at. This fight puts me in a really unfortunate position of, I believe, the value is betting on Michael Chandler here. And so I took a bet on Michael Chandler and I don't feel good about it because my head says that Dustin Poirier is a better fighter, but both of these men are uh, old. I'm just going to throw it out there. They're both pretty old um, as far as the division goes and mileage certainly goes. Uh, I think we are in for a pretty clear drop off from both of them. If we haven't seen it already, which I, that that's what really hangs over me on this one. I think there's a really strong case to be made that both of these dudes are well past their prime, but because of the way the lightweight division works right now, we haven't seen it because they are also just fighting other dudes who are way past their prime. I mean, Poirier, the Oliveira fight, both of them fought Oliveira recently. Oliveira, I would say still in his prime, obviously just lost the belt. They both lost that fight. So, so we're clear. They both lost to Charles Oliveira. But before that, Poirier fought McGregor twice, Dan Hooker, who we'll talk about later, but not even sure is good. And he went hammer and tongs with Dan Hooker, Habib, you know, it, a lot of great names, but his relevant wins recently are sus, to say the least, as far as quality goes. Michael Chandler, you know, his UFC run is Dan Hooker, again, not the greatest win in hindsight. Losses to Gaethje and Oliveira, great fights. And then he punted Tony Ferguson, who has been washed for years, and nobody is ready to admit that until very recently. So, Yeah, that Tony Ferguson win does not age well. Yeah, and I thought it wasn't that good at the time, this spectacular KO, but Tony's been washed forever, I've been trying to tell people. And that's where I'm at here. It was like, I have no idea how good these dudes are actually in the with regard to the lightweight division because – the best things you can say about them is they hurt Charles Oliveira, who is, you know, the second best lightweight in the world. Kudos to that. Also, I think Charles Oliveira can be hurt by like 
everybody in the top 15 because that's who he is. He gets hurt, but he comes back and that's, that's how that works. So I, it's really hard to feel confident in this fight because I just don't actually think we know enough about where these two guys are in their athletic in their physical in their fighting primes right now. But Weighing that out is even. My stance comes down to Chandler's plus 185. There's a lot of numbers there. He is the better wrestler. We have seen Poirier. Not a great defensive wrestler. The solid one, not a great one. I think Poirier on the feet is a substantially better defensive fighter, and that's really where he can make hay and, and have the edge, especially because Chandler is a lot of just power and explosion on the feet without much else behind it. But in my head, Poirier probably is able to keep this upright enough and just work a jab, have a superior depth of boxing talent to win this fight. But I can't. Every time I'm betting on Mike against Michael Chandler, it I'm looking like an asshole for the most part. So uh, I'm I'm just gonna back him with the plus money because it feels like he this is at least a this is a fifty fifty fight and he's plus one eighty five or whatever. Yeah, I don't mind that bet at all. I mean, I, I was actually surprised when Poirier opened at minus 180 and then he dropped steadily to like minus 220. I mean, if, if Michael Chandler does come out and use his wrestling chops, he is an incredibly live dog. Whether he's going Super to live if he's if he's wrestling, man, whether he's going to do that or not is yet to be seen. Uh I do feel like on the tail end of his career, he has sort of committed to this firefight. Uh, mentality that he gets into. I mean, just going back and watching the Ferguson one, he lost that round on every judge's scorecard. He got dropped. Oh, for sure. Looked like he was hurt numerous times. And now, looking back on that, doing that to Tony Ferguson is is not a great look. Uh, Charles Oliveira, obviously, dropped, finished. Uh, Justin Gaethje dropped. Felt like that fight could have been called at any moment. Uh, Felt like Gaethje maybe took off the gas a little bit just because of how brutal it was, similar to like RDA Moicano. Um... And just when I look at it, I just feel like if this fight stays standing, you talked about the boxing acumen of Dustin Poirier, I feel like he is going to be able to find success throughout the fight. Um, but I didn't want to play Poirier straight at minus 210. What I did do yeah. is take him by KO at plus 165. Ten of his last 14 wins are by knockout. I think if this turns into a firefight, if this turns into a brawl, someone is going to be put out. I'm going to lean on the side of the guy that is defensively sound when it comes to the boxing, who has the KO power, who has shown that time and time again uh, on the feet throughout his UFC career. Uh, so I wanted to take something on it. I took Poirier by KO. Uh, I also did in a little violence parlay, a little sprinkle on top that the fight doesn't go to a decision at minus 220. I I just expect it to be fireworks, and I don't think it can just be a blood fest, you know, just ridiculous uh, you know, crazy high pace for 15 minutes like the Gaethje Chandler fight. I think if these guys come out here swinging, I think eventually someone will get dropped. Could be totally wrong. Maybe Chandler comes out here, exercises the old wrestling, and I uh, and I lose both bets. But uh, for now, I'm on Poirier by KO, and fight doesn't go to a decision. I like Poirier by KO because of the number. Fight. That's really why I took it. I, I don't think I like the fight goes to the decision at that price. It's, no, fight doesn't go. Yeah, it doesn't go. I, I think that that number is pretty close to right because I, I agree with you. I think the most likely outcome here is a finish, but it's hard for me to – Justin Gaethje is just a car crash made person and going 15, even a fight that could have arguably been stopped, uh, 
it feels like there's still a world where they can somehow hang tight for 15. So I don't know if I love that price, but certainly like the bet on Poirier by KO. I think that's a, I do think that's the most likely outcome for, yep. for the fight in general. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully the price does come to pay. I hope Poirier wins. It would make me really, that's the other part of this bet too, is when I bet Chandler at 185, I was like, well, it's one of those bets. If Poirier wins, I won't be sad. <laughs> Just be like, yeah, it's actually, that, that makes me happy because if I have to hear Michael Chandler just scream into the microphone one more time after a fight, it's going to drive me insane. You'll be joining the watch along for that, huh? I I will be. I was informed yesterday I will be joining the watch along for that and for the co-main event. So For your love uh, for Michael Chandler and uh, for your Jed guarantee. To, to see if I have to sweat the, the Zhang fight, which I think will be great co- viewing content for you. <laughs> Listeners. Oh, I, I if, cannot if wait. If that fight it. gets close, you are going to see a whole new side of me. Oh, it's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's keep it going. Main card, men's bantamweight bout. Frankie Edgar going up against I hate this fight. Chris Gutierrez. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I looked at this one. I lean Gutierrez. I'm not laying minus 215 with a guy that got 10 aided by Cody Durden with the exact path to victory that Frankie Edgar is probably going to exercise using the wrestling. Not trusting Frankie Edgar at plus 185, unfortunately. He's been KO'd in four of his five losses. So I just stayed away from this one. I'm I'm away from this one, but only just because everything you said is right. The responsible adult man in me says, why would you possibly bet this? And then the irresponsible <laughs> D-Gen in me says... You know, sometimes you just got to place money on the vibes. Uh, And even though you believe this fight is incredibly stupid and horrible matchmaking and just bad all around, sometimes stupid things, nobody gets punished for the dumb thing. And the good outcome happens. And Frankie Edgar gets to go out with a win and at plus 185, don't you want to take a shot? And then I have to remind myself, I'm actually not really a Frankie Edgar fan. So I don't actually care um, <laughs> if he wins. And so I don't need to be monetarily tied to him. But that is the the angel and devil just back and forth tugging me to place a bet or don't. It is a thousand percent a dog or pass for me. I agree. Um, like I Gutierrez, fine fighter or whatever. But, but do you want to lay minus 215 with someone that if a takedown happens, that could essentially end the round? No, that no, and that's the hugest thing. And the uh, because again, the Cody Durden example is a really good one. Uh, his wins aren't great; like they're not bad. So, like Denabakari is a fine win. I don't know if that's a good win. Uh, Felipe Colores, fine win, also a splitty. Uh, it's I, I cannot lay him at that price with any level of confidence, uh, and so. Absolute dogger pass, and I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe the best thing I can do with my all-in bet is then I won't, because there are like three other bets on this card where I am in very similar situations, and me going all-in at least takes those off the table of me just taking underdog shots here because I have been struggling that. with this one. I love when you just got one bet. Like Sometimes the, sometimes I'm like, man, why do I have so much action on this thing? But uh, it is just a degenerate way. So it is. Sounds like we're both staying away. Maybe you I'm pull the trigger. Staying away for now. Hopefully, I have the discipline to stay away forever. But if this number moves even further, if Frankie gets to like plus two hundred, 
I'm taking a shot at plus two. Like that's just I can't not be sick to watch him win too. NMSG. Yeah, it's it's the vibes, you know. It's his last fight. You know, he's got he's gonna fight like there's no tomorrow. He's gonna leave it all out there. Uh, one thing that I wanted to just loop back to uh, Poirier Chandler. You, you talked about it potentially going long. A parlay piece that I found that I love, even though the price is minus six fifty, uh, over a half round. Ooh, okay, yeah, minus, I like minus six fifty. I, I like that. Uh, also, speaking of things I like, love the mug. Uh, dogs back to number one. I mean, it was just e- even money to win the Natty this year. I now. mean, it was just it was. Never it is. Doubt. Give us TCU in the first round. We'll see you in LA. You. It was a big weekend, man. Flyweight unders were back. UGA thumps Tennessee. Bama down goes Bama. Just goes everything Bama. that could happen that was good happened. Everything that could happen good. It did happen. All right, let's keep it rolling. Main card, lightweight bout. Dan Hooker taking on Claudio Pueyes. Right now, Hooker can be had for minus 165. The Prince of Peru coming back at plus 140. Over under set at two and a half. Under minus 145. Over plus 115. Uh, you alluded to not trusting Dan Hooker earlier. I'm trusting Dan Hooker here. Oh, I am too, sort of, but we'll get into mine. I have a, I have an exacto bet on this one. So here's my thinking. Uh, Claudio Poyas, this is a step up in competition for him, however you want to view it. Uh, Clay Guida and Chris Gutzmacher are uh, not Dan Hooker. On the flip side, you know, Claudio Poyas has won five straight. That is not an easy task at the UFC level. Hooker, flip side, lost four of his last five. But if you look at the competition that he's been fighting, I would say this is a fairly large step down in competition. Last fight out. Last fight out on Arnold Allen, top five featherweight, uh, future champion. Top one featherweight, baby. Top one featherweight. I mean, I was going to say, guys, I'm waiting on the the king to be crowned there in the featherweight division, uh, obviously besides Alex Volkanovsky. Islam Makhachev, short notice. Can you even blame him for that? I mean, took no damage, got in, got out, got a big payday to the lightweight king. Uh, Nasrat, just a few weeks before that Islam demolition, he dominated Nasrat. I mean, he looked he looked great in that fight. It was it was easy work for him. 30-26 on one of the judges' scorecard. Michael Chandler, top five lightweight. Dustin Poirier, top five lightweight. Uh, Claudio Puez isn't really in that category. And when you just look at the fight, in my opinion... Claudio Puez has to get this to the ground and has to either just dominate the ground game or get a submission because I think if this stays standing, Dan Hooker is going to make this look easy. Yeah, I I don't have a great breakdown here, right? Like I, I think you if if this if this stays on the feet, it's it's Hooker's fight to win. Uh Puez is a little sneaky. Uh Hooker's got big long legs, you know. Maybe maybe Poise gets a leg lock. Like that won't shock me. I, I can't. I think if I were to bet straight, if I could only pick one, I think I would take Hooker because the price still seems okay. But instead, for whatever reason, and you, you know, sometimes you just have a bet, it just calls to you or whatever. The moment I looked at this fight, based, I didn't do tape breakdown. This, I didn't look at anything. I don't have any numbers to back this up, but something. Something in the universe spoke to me and it said, Jed, Dan Hooker is going to knock this man out in the second round. And that's it. it, it the was round just, exacted too. Yeah, it was it was just that there was no 
I don't have any explanation for, but I looked at that fight and I was just like, yep, yeah, I don't know. First round, maybe it's slightly competitive. Hooker wins. Second round is going to find a knee. We're going to be done here. I, so I just bet it. I didn't, you don't love argue it. with I the universe it. when you the don't. universe is calling you somewhere. So again, if you're tailing, I don't have any reason for you to tail this. This is not based on science tape breakdown. I'm not seeing something in the game. Just like the first thing I looked at was second round TKO. Boom. And so I bet I love it. it. Hooker, oh. KO, TKO, around two plus 750. A little half unit on it. Throw it down, that's, see what happens. That's the universe whispering to you, and and who am I? And you mentioned tailing. You know, you can you can tail me, you can fade me. Uh, just whatever you do, just do not blame me because uh, we're giving these out for free, and uh, we are not Always in any free. way. We will never never charge you. I will never charge. I I actually hate when people call me a tout uh, because yeah. I am not a tout. I will never charge for these. Um, if you want to use my information and and make a bet on that, sure. If you want to just straight fade me, you can do that too. I'm completely okay with it. I am just presenting you the information on why I made the bets that I made, and we try to do it in a fun way. Uh, another thing about Hooker, 78% takedown defense over a pretty huge sample size. I, I like that uh, for our boy heading, in, uh, heading into Saturday. So Hooker's a play. Hooker round 2KO. I mean the universe. The stars align. Well, what 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 more? Can if, you that, say? if this happens, I'm going to start find doing that a lot more. I'm just going to let the universe guide me. A lot of the times when my gut is like this is going to happen, it, it happens, and I don't listen every time, and I end up regretting it. So I'm glad you pulled the trigger on that one, uh, dude. I'm not even kidding. I don't feel confident in this one because how can you feel confident? I feel better about that bet than any other bet on this card besides Zhang. Because every I mean, other one, I'm like. Is. I don't know. I was like, I don't know. That one, yeah. Second round KO. That's it. it. That's it. Rip it. Uh, All right. That is the main card. We have some prelims. We've got to rip through already an hour five deep into this guy, but that's what you get on these pay-per-view cards. Uh, Let's start it off. This pay-per-view, I want to throw this out here because I don't think... This is a very stupid and shallow way to look at cards. Every fighter on this event has a Wikipedia page. And I'm not saying that means the fight card is good, but this never happens anymore. And that's how you know that you are, to some extent, getting really quality fights top to bottom. That's why we're going to spend this time talking about these fights, because it's a big card, big event, good fights. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Speaking of great fights, the prelim main event, <sighs> hell of a fight. Let's do it. Hanato Moicano taking on Brad Riddell right now. Moicano can be had for minus 120. Riddell coming back at even money over under set at 2.5, minus 115. Uh, each way, banger. I mean, this banger. This is going to be a sick fight, a, a beautiful way to end the prelims. Um, I don't know if you picked up on anything yet, but uh, 
I'm riding with Brad Riddell. Uh, you're just you're just going CKP all the way down, <laughs> eh? It's uh, yeah, you were gonna get catch on to it eventually. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Brad Riddell. Does the ground game of Moicano worry me? Absolutely. Um, but let's let's make an argument. Let's let's you know put out why I can you know responsibly back Brad Riddell here. I guess in a sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Moicano's coming off the beating of a lifetime. I know it was short notice to RDA, but I mean, that thing should have been stopped many times over. Um, and just if he can keep it standing, we've seen Riddell have a semblance of a ground game. Uh, if he can keep it standing, you know, some people point to the Calvin Cater fight for Moicano, how he, how he outboxed him there. I still think Riddell has a wide margin of advantage on the feet. Uh, and something that's like crazy about Moicano. Uh, I think it's 23 professional fights, 22 professional fights. Never had a knockout. I did not know that. Okay. No knockouts. And I looked at his number. He's plus 900 to get a knockout here. I was like, why is that not like plus 4,000? But anyway, the Muay Thai background of Riddell, uh, I just think he's the more complete package on the feet. And I'm going to trust him to keep it on the feet for the majority of the fight and, uh, you know, stay away from from the slick ground game of Moicano, escape the submissions, you know. It's not the most compelling argument. It's not the most persuasive thing here. I'm riding with City Kickboxing. What more do you want me to say? Well, I do want you to say one more thing, and it is... Oh, oh, oh! Oh! Because I'm also on Brad Riddell. Uh, I don't think this is like... I think this is a fine bet. I don't think it's a great bet. Uh... I would like him to be higher uh, on the plus money. I thought I'd get him at plus 120. He's just even plus 100. I think this is a 50-50 fight. And so maybe I'm not getting any value with Riddell at plus 100, but I kind of knew where you were going, kind of wanted us to have a little little plus money action together. Let's go. I'm not losing value on it. Uh, and the line just didn't seem to be moving moving for form anymore. So I was finally like, plus 100 is enough. I was hoping to get a little bit more, but I agree with most of what you said. I, I trust you being Eugene Behrman implicitly to craft great game plans. Um, and I just, if Morcano gets takedowns, yeah, we're probably screwed. But I think Riddell <laughs> is really good. And I, I kind of feel like Moicano has maybe been an overachiever in his career to somewhat. I mean, you look at the losses, it's all to top guys. And in all of those fights, I felt really, really confident he wasn't going to win. You know, it wasn't like this guy just couldn't quite get there. It was like, no, the fact that he's getting this fight is maybe a little bit better than he probably ever deserved. Maybe deserved isn't the right word. But if you get what I'm trying to say, I think yeah. he just outperforms what he has outperformed holistically what I would have thought for his career. Whereas I think Riddell has had a tough run, right? Because this dude was awesome, but he ran into two absolute buzzsaws. Rafael Fazeev, one of the five best lightweights in the world pretty soon. Like he's not there technically because lightweight's so deep, but Fazeev is a guy who's going to be relevant in this division at the very, very top and challenge for a title. And I could not be higher on Jalen Turner he is arguably my favorite prospect in the lightweight division. I love that. that it wasn't Islamakachev. Big on the tarantula as well. Love Jalen Turner. If this dude can stay making lightweight, I think he is going to get a belt. Like I think that's where it is. Maybe he can't because he's so big and has to be a welterweight. 
But those are two incredibly excusable losses. And before that, I think Cordell looked good and was improving. So I'm with you. Plus money, taking the shot. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's hopefully keep the train rolling. Uh, with let's touch, let's touch God this time, boys. With Quake there. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving on the prelims. Dominic Reyes taking on Ryan Span right now. Reyes can be had for minus two hundred five. Span coming back plus one seventy five over under set at minus one fifteen for under one and a half and over one and a half. Uh, so I'll keep mine quick. I'll keep it brief. I took the under one and a half even money, and I took the fight does not go to a decision at minus two seventy five. I just at both of those. Okay. <laughs> I just see this fight, uh, you know, probably getting chaotic as many Ryan Span fights tend to do. Uh, seven of his ten UFC fights have ended in the first round. Six of Reyes's nine UFC fights have not seen the third round. Big dudes, finishing capabilities, but on the flip side of that, they can also get finished. Uh, yeah, I just think someone's going to get put out, whether it be Reyes. Like, I mean, some of the shots Reyes was landing on Prohoshka is is putting any mortal out. Uh, but we've learned that Prohoshka. Might not be mortal after uh, the things that he's done. Uh, I think Reyes catches Span with one of those. I, I think he's putting him flat on his back. And then, uh, yeah, if Span can find a way to get this to the ground, Reyes, pretty decent takedown defense. I, I could see him locking up a choke or something. Yeah, I, I don't have too much to add. I looked at both of those bets. I didn't pull the trigger on anything yet because uh, I couldn't quite figure out if I thought under one and a half. I think under one and a half scares me too much, but fight doesn't go the distance. Using that as a parlay piece, uh, I think I like that, and I, I don't have any parlays at the moment, so I maybe start. Maybe that'll be a building block to build one as we go on. I did take Ryan Span though, uh, plus one seventy five. Tasty. I I have a I mentioned earlier with Michael Chandler. I don't feel great about some of these things, but like I. In my head, Dominic Reyes should win this fight because X, Y, and Z. I don't, he might be broken, man, because, and I think this is, this is such a critical fight for him and I'm fascinated by it because he hasn't won in three years. And even though I thought he beat John Jones, right? Like I thought he should have won that fight. He didn't officially win that fight. The Jan Blachowicz fight, horrific performance and a bad loss. Yiri. I can see how that maybe his career is just done now. We don't know it because he comes so close to the mountaintop with John Jones, but doesn't get that validation. And then he is supposed to become the champion when John leaves and gets bolted. And then, like you said, he is punching Yuri with his best shots and Yuri's still there. And then Yuri highlight real KOs him for the century. And it's just, I don't know the mental fortitude to bounce back from that requires a lot. And that's, I mean, some of that's probably why we haven't seen him in a year. And then you go back before that and you look at his run and his career looks dangerously like a guy who overachieved by a lot, a lot, right? You know, Jared Cannonier, middleweight, Ovin St. Pru, super mercurial fighter and not a necessarily good one. Volkan Uzdemir, a guy honestly had a similar career to what Dominic Reyes is doing. KO's Chris Weidman at light heavyweight. What does that performance mean? <laughs> does unbelievably against John Jones, and then he's kind of here. And so it's I have no idea what we're looking at. I know what we're getting with Ryan Spann. And I don't think Ryan Spann is a world beater, but he is a solid dude 
He is a good wrestler when he wants to be. He hits really hard. And I think there's just an absolute world where he wins this fight. And because of the three years without winning, because of the year-long layoff, I can't back, I can't put money on Reyes with any level of confidence. And so I think that means that Ryan Spann is at least worth a play at the odds that he's currently sitting at, you know, at, at plus 175. So I took a shot on it. I don't feel good about it, but that's the story of my UFC 281, frankly. I love it. I love it. I mean, honestly, just, you know, with how excited I am for this card, the energy in New York City this week, uh, a winning week would just be a beautiful cherry on top. It doesn't matter by how sure. much. So uh, we'll take what we can get. Let's keep it rolling here on the prelims. It's a women's flyweight bout. Aaron Blanchfield taking on the meatball right now. Blanchfield can be had four minus 390. McCann coming back at plus 320. Over under set at two and a half. Over minus 195. Under plus 160. Yeah, I got Blanchfield in a parlay. Started last week with Miranda Maverick. Ends this week with Blanchfield and Zhang Wei Li. Uh, the Lara Procopio fight just last year uh, for McCann. Procopio goes 7 of 9 on takedowns. Just racks up control time the entire way uh, and ends up getting an, an easy unanimous decision. It, it's what Blanchfield did to Miranda Maverick a couple years ago. Use the wrestling, use the grappling. Molly McCann has 46% takedown defense over her career. I will agree that if it stays on the feet, McCann is live. We've obviously seen the power that she holds at this division in her last few fights. Uh, but I can't imagine Blanchfield in in one of the biggest spots of her career so far is going to come out and look to uh, swing and bang with Molly McCann. Do you have any concerns whatsoever that the the Procopio fight that preceded Molly McCann learning this, the deadly spinning back elbow technique that has led <laughs> to her previous two wins. Uh, one of one of your favorite moves, I believe a plus 3,500 cashed on that. Just a, just a monster move. Um, and she's two for two spinning back elbows. If she comes out and just spinning back <laughs> Rose Aaron Blanchfield. I mean, it's I'll just it'll have be to, the funniest thing that's ever happened. I'll just have to live in that world and accept that. Um, <laughs> I rate Aaron Blanchfield just a touch higher than Hannah Goldie. Just a touch. I think Aaron Blanchfield is the best prospect, maybe in all of women's MMA. Uh, I I like her though as the best prospect in this division over the other people who are getting that shine. Uh, Manuel Fioro, who I don't even know if you can call her a prospect since she's. Probably contender is what we call Manon Fioro yeah. around here, baby. Yeah, you know, any of those, I, I like Aaron Blanchfield as a better prospect than that. Uh, I also have her in I have her in the same open parlay. I opened with one leg last week, uh, and then I've got I, – it's a three-leg. I still have two legs open. Blanchfield took that second step. Uh, I don't really know who's going to be the third because I could put Zhang in there, but since I'm already going all in on her – I don't feel like I should do that. May just stay open. Maybe I'll see something else that I feel like this week. I need you know. a third leg for this parlay. Zhang Wei Li minus 320. Poirier Chandler over a half round. Right now it's at minus 196. I need one more leg to get me closer to even money. I'm useless for you here uh, in this regard then. But I'm I'm gonna yeah. find something. I was I was maybe thinking the the Sung Woo Choi uh Mike Trezano fight over one and a half, but DraftKings hasn't released that. Uh, that number yet? Yeah, maybe. I, I, I mean, have I, no action on most a lot of the undercard after this. I really like the, the over one and a, the over half round 
only being minus 650 is is that speaking feels, to me. Feels good. Feel like good that. about Jean like minus 322. Uh, what do you have for for Reyes span doesn't go the distance? Is that tagged into something? That's yeah. I've already got that in two parlays. Oh, already, oh okay. Yeah. Don't don't overexpose. Yeah. Me. I don't I don't want to overexpose myself. So uh, I'm gonna find something. I, I might just wait. But I like this Zhang at minus 320 right now. Let me uh, let me throw another bet out there that I didn't see. I actually didn't remember to look again before we recorded it because yesterday Best Fight Odds was not showing me uh, UFC 281 stuff for some reason. And my book and other books don't seem to have it up. Uh, how do you feel about potentially a Blanchfield by submission prop? <sighs> Because I'm, I gotta say I, that one. I want to see. I haven't seen a number yet, but that is the one I'm waiting to see drop. Because listen, I don't hate the look of that because of Molly McCann's struggles on the mat. I guess if that's uh, it. I mean, I guess if Tyler Santos couldn't do it, I don't know. I'm just such oh, a Jillian Robertson could though. That is a fact. <laughs> so that is a fact. I'm just such a mush with these with these sub props. I I kind of I know, eyed that, that's the, what I was trying to tell you because I wanted to I just want to keep roping you into them. I kind of eyed the under two and a half, if I'm being honest. I mean, you know, it's not it's a women's flyweight fight. I was gonna say it is a flyweight fight. Like, are we going Blanchfield yeah. sub or McCann knockout? Like, yeah. could do worse. Plus one. I'm not on this one. I'm not on this one, but I just, you know. God bless America. I want to see what a sub prop Zhang like. Weili in real time down to minus 325. I imagine she's just going to continue to go down. She's minus 320 when we started the show, so she went back up a little bit. Uh, that's what I'm saying. She's minus 325 now. And yeah. the, the parlay that I just had went from minus 196 to minus 200. Oh, that's, that's a damn shame. Do I just play uh, the 200 straight? I don't know, man. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Just do that. It's, that's fine. It's not great, but it's not awful. And I got four units of exposure on uh, Zhang Wei Lane. I'm okay with that. I'm going to have a lot more than four, baby. So give us a number. Is there a number to be had on that? Uh, on my number of units? Yeah. Well, right now I have half of my uh, bank account stored into it. And at the end of this, <clears> it'll, be, <throat> it'll probably end up being like, 70% of it. Jesus. So, uh, I mean, that's talking. You're talking about like these. Are it's nerds. great though, because when it hits, it means even if I totally turf everything else, I don't have that bad a week. <laughs> and it's going to be sick that you're going to do it live on YouTube on our watch along. And if it loses, it'll be cinematic theater oh, because we will it's both gonna be, be in a bad unbelievable place. theater for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we will both be in a bad place. All right. We still have four four prelims to get into. Let's just run through them. Middleweight bout, Andre Petrosky, Wellington Terman. Right now, Petrosky can be had for minus 195. Terman coming back, plus 165. You you tell me what you've got here, because I've got nothing. I don't have a bet here. I wanted to talk through it, because I have an almost bet in the uh, same yeah, vein yeah. of Span and, and Chandler. Wellington Terman is plus 170 right now, 165. Plus, plus 165, yeah. Plus 165, and that feels wrong. I feel like this fight is close to 50-50, and I don't know if I'm comfortable betting my money on it, but like Terman, Petrosky is just not good on the feet, and I'm not here to tell you that well, Terman is very good on the feet because he's not, but I do think he's better than Petrosky on the feet. Petrosky needs takedowns. Terman's pretty good at stopping takedowns, and he is a 
dangerous, you know, grappler. I mean, he does have the the coming off that submission over Serkinov. The other side of that is Serkinov was certainly getting the better of the grappling exchanges before that armbar just kind of popped out of nowhere. But it just, I feel like Terman is better on the feet and can hold his own in the grappling. And I think, I just, I think a lot of it is I don't believe in Petrovsky. And there's also certainly some of it that is Terman's 26, you know, 25, 26. Like he's at that age where you expect big leaps up in comp, like in his game, his development, you know, training with Glover Teixeira and the squad as they, you know, they're prepared here for this big fight and the main event. I I, I just kind of want to place a bet on him, but I can't decide if it's stupid to bet on Wellington Terman. <laughs> I mean, he struggled that first round against Misha, now out of the UFC. He won a splitty against Sam Alvey, now out of the UFC. And then Bruno Silva lost, Andrew Sanchez lost. Uh, Marcus Perez, closer than it should have been, I guess. And a loss to Carl Roberson. Yeah, it's not a great record. That's why I don't feel great about putting money on him. Andre Petrovsky think... is uh, Enzo Gracie, which has fallen. Enzo Gracie Philly, which has fallen on uh, tough times lately. Yeah, and it's just like, how much do I care about you beating Nick Maximov? <laughs> you know, like, also out of the just... UFC now. Uh, this to me, I saw it. I looked over it for like five minutes. I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna stay away from this one. I'm gonna just, I'm just, you know. I think that's a smart thing, and I think I'm gonna try and be disciplined here, the same way I'm trying to be disciplined with Frankie. But I I don't know. This line moves closer. I'm just going to take it underdog shot. <laughs> All right. I love it. And I wish you the best of luck, Wellington Terman. I mean, it'd be a big day for uh, Danbury, Connecticut, if Terman and Pereira walk out as a winners. Big, big day for Danbury, Connecticut. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Lightweight bout. Ottman, Azatar going up against Matt Frivola. Uh, right now, Frivola minus 105. Azatar... Uh, minus 115, line has swung. He opened the dog, which was surprising to me as they were slated to fight at UFC 257 prior to Potato Gate, uh, and Ottman was around a minus 160 favorite in that one, obviously time off. But since then, Frivola's one-on-one, and we saw him get starched in, you know, within the 10 seconds against Terrence McKinney. Um, yeah, I thought about playing Ottman as a dog. Seems like everyone's on him, and I was like, Maybe I could stand it and go for Vola. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ride with the under here. Uh, I took the under two and a half at minus 170. Okay. I took the fight does not go to a decision. Uh, so, I mean, we talk about pound for pound hardest hitters. Otman hasn't had enough time to prove it, but the dude has put your lights all the way out type power. I mean, if you just watch uh, his last knockout, I mean, it is death touch type stuff. Uh, we have we have seen Frivola struggle in his UFC career uh, with his chin, knocked out twice, dropped five times. Um, but even with those past, you know, speed bumps with that, he is not afraid to engage in a brawl. I mean, if you go watch that uh, first round against Gennaro Valdez, all it took was the first round slobber knocker. Like, I mean, these dudes were just throwing. Valdez got knocked, got dropped like five times. Uh, I want to say like the, the the broadcast team just started counting them. They were like, oh, drop three times. Oh, four. Oh, five now. Like, it was just like they were just throwing. I mean, it was just the UFC fans' dream, this fight. Um, probably would not be the wisest move 
to stand and brawl with Hodman. I mean, it's just not the wisest move, especially when you have the wrestling chops and we have seen Ottman get taken down on the regional scene. Uh, but I don't know. In front of MSG, he's a New York guy, steamroller. I kind of feel like he's going to come in here and make this one fun. Uh, and I just think someone's going to get put out, whether it's Ottman or, uh, you know, Frivola taking him down and maybe pounding him out. I'm, uh, I'm riding on the under here. What's that number? Minus 170 on the under two and a half, and then I parlayed up. The fight doesn't go at minus 220. Uh, I mean, Azaitar has been to one decision in his career. Ten of his 13 fights have ended in the first round. Frivola, six of his 13 have ended in the first round. It's it's really the only way I see this going to a decision if Frivola just comes in here, just goes wrestling and just lays and prays, doesn't even try the the ground and pound from the top position. Uh, I just, I don't know if he's going to have that type of success. And I don't even know if he's going to come in with that game plan. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun fight and I'm going to ride the under. This is another one. I don't have a bet down, but I do have, uh, Ottman circled. I have some trepidation for two real reasons. One, we talked about Jalen Turner and how I think of him for Vola has that W yeah. over Turner. I was going to say uh, last loss yeah. for Jalen Turner, Matt for Vola. Yeah. Steam roller is a little surprising still, but you know, it's how it goes. The other thing, I Ottman, two years since he's fought, over yeah. two years. That's yeah. that's a lot of trepidation to want to to want to lay the lumber with him. Uh, I think he's going to win this fight. The world is on Ottman too. It it the line is moving a lot, and it just feels like everyone I see is like, yeah, Ottman, dog odds, first round knockout. If he, if he were dog odds, still I would take him at dog odds. Um, I I'm going to again try and be disciplined. But this one calls to me as well. Ottman getting the W here and really starting to establish himself as like a legitimate guy in the lightweight division. Another guy who's just a killer, who's someone you got to be concerned about. But I think I can stay away. As long as these odds stay negative, which I think they will, it's easier to avoid this one. If you were plus, I'd for sure be betting. There's no doubt they're going to stay negative. I think he's just going to continue to move. I could see Ottman closing around like minus 140 if I'm being honest with you. Um, Let's keep it rolling, though. Two fights to go. Women's strawway bout. Carolina, I mean, you're a, you're a wizard with this last name. Kovalkiewicz. Kovalkiewicz going up against Silvana Gomez-Juarez right now. You can get Kovalkiewicz for minus 120. Gomez-Juarez coming back at plus 100. You tell me, bro. Well, so remember when previously you were like, oh, Dan Hooker, you know, he... He's lost a million of his most recent fights, yeah. but look look at the run he faced or whatever. Right. Well, you know, Carolina Kovalkiewicz also lost a million of her recent fights, but coming off a great performance against Felice Herrig. Uh, Jessica Penne, very good fighter. Jan Nan, Alexa Grasso, Michelle Waterston, Jessica Ndraj. Those are all entirely reasonable losses to face. Uh, changed camps, went through a whole thing where she wasn't sure if she was still going to fight, then comes out, puts on her best performance in years with the Harrigwin. I have always been a Kovalkiewicz stan. I'm going to stay a Kovalkiewicz stan. And it's easier to be so because I don't think Silvana Gomez-Juarez is very good. <laughs> like, I don't... That's, uh, maybe a that's lot of mean. people on Gomez-Juarez this week, though. I don't really get it because... 
every time she's faced a good fighter, and by that I mean every time she's faced a fighter with the Wikipedia page, she's basically lost. Love the uh, Wikipedia page standard. So it's it, it's just Pollyanna Battaglia, not like a great fighter, lost. Aaron Lipsky, very solid fighter, lost. Lupi Godinez, Vanessa Demopoulos, like lost. I think Kovalkiewicz doesn't get enough credit for being a better grappler than she is because you think of her as a high-volume striker. I think on the feet, uh, Gomez is maybe a little... Uh, not maybe. She's a more dangerous puncher, but Kovalkiewicz is incredibly durable, incredibly tough. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a woman who just has been knocked out once, and it was Jessica Andrade. And I got to tell you, Savannah gomez Juarez, she ain't Jessica Andrade <laughs> as far as that goes. Kovalkiewicz is super durable, super tough, super gritty. She's good in the clinch. I think she's a better grappler. She has more volume. I think she has more ways to win. And you, you talked about, you know, being a, making some picks with your heart and your, your fandom. I've just loved Kovalkiewicz for years. Uh, I picked her to beat Rosnami Yunus when they fought in Atlanta at 201. She pulled off that upset. Been riding with her ever since. I'm a taker again at minus 120. I love it. I love it, man. I have not seen many people on Kovalkiewicz this week. So uh, I salute you standing by your guns and Stay going down people. with this sheep. I mean, that's that's what we do. And uh, that's what I'm going to continue to get, do as we get into this last fight. Because right. you tell me, I have nothing here. I know where you're going. I and I kind of want to join you, but I also just don't think I can have it in me. I'm riding with the Black Jag, baby. It is a light heavyweight bout. Carlos Olberg is taking on Nikolai Negamarianu. Uh, over one and a half set at over, under set at one and a half. I'm getting too excited just to talk about Carlos Olberg. Uh, over minus 155, under plus 125. Olberg minus 120. Negamarianu even money plus 100. Uh, yeah, where does Carlos Olberg train? That'd be city kickboxing for you. Uh Black Jag, formerly known as uh, Ladies' Night. Ladies' Night. Here's the sell I'll make to you. Negamariano, like, does not really move his head off the center line. He makes up for it with a blocked chin. Yeah, like, doesn't need to when when you've got the chin that he's got. Uh, But minus 1.9 strikes per minute differential. Uh, And if Carlos Olberg has anything going for him other than those just dashing good looks saw him in person on monday holds up tv's not doing too much magic for that guy it's it's impressive what what he's putting out there he's got volume he's got quite a bit of it 8.91 strikes per minute it's a step up in competition for Allberg, but i i like this matchup i think he's going to be able to land shots uh like mariano takedowns somewhat of a threat i feel like I feel like he has a little bit more of a of a wrestling reputation than than is actually true, uh, but yeah, I mean it's city kickboxing. We're riding with Olberg. We're riding with Riddell. We're riding with Hooker. We're riding with Adesanya. And on top of that, we're parlaying them all. It's the city oh, kickboxing that's parlay. What I wanted to hear you you say. already know it's going down. We're doing it for the Kiwis. We're doing it for the boys down under. Plus eight sixty four for me. I'm throwing a half unit on it. Uh, just throwing that out there, 4.32 would be the winnings. I mean, this this team can become immortalized in my eyes if they if they pull this off on Saturday. 
See, that's the way you sell me on it. Is just it's not this fight, but this fight is part of of the CJ of a huge parlay. gimmick. Someone on Twitter was like plus thirteen hundred. I was like, where are you getting those lines? Yeah, at? because I it's, got them about as good as you can get. And we're looking at plus eight sixty four. If you get it right now on, on DK, it's uh, plus seven eighty nine. So it's it, you're not going to do better than that. Um, I am paradoxically for the gimmick of it. Gonna throw a little quarter unit down on the CKB parlay, despite the fact that I have some direct bets in confrontation with this. But you know me, if I'm gonna parlay, at least give me a gimmick. It's a fun gimmick. Uh, and the thing I wanted to talk about this fight was in the context of the parlay, and it's mainly for you because by the time this pod comes up, most people will probably first watch the MMA Hour. Going to be a great episode this today. Monday is already great. Monday, you had the whole CKB crew there. If if today, when y'all do the the Parlay Pals, I'll be honest, I'll be pretty disappointed if the Parlay Pals isn't just a CKB Parlay. Uh, yeah, I know I'll... that you guys are on losing streak, but you need to change the momentum, change the energy, harness the good, block the bad. Go ride with your team. Ride uh, with this. I think yeah. you should pitch that to the Parlay Pals before you guys get your picks. Just say, guys, want to throw it out there. What do you eat? Four legs, four CKB fighters, 281. What do I've you guys say? I've thought about this. I have thought about this. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to force you to do it. I'm just saying a little part of me will be sad if that's not what the Parlay Pals is this week. Yeah. I can't make any promises. I've already got a half unit. Do I want to get... Just throw it out there. See how they feel about yeah, it, you know? Yeah, Just yeah. throw it out, pitch it to them, see what comes back. I mean, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie is not the correct term there because it's a New Zealand gym. Yeah. But uh, whatever I can say to feel like I'm in the land down under, uh, I'm going to say because I cannot wait for Saturday. And I just want it to go long. I just want it to go long. Like, it'll be... I'll be so disappointed if Olberg goes out there and loses. I mean, I will just say uh, that if if you do make this happen, you guys can then perform the haka by the New Zealand All Blacks, and I'm down. nobody has ever felt more powerful than performing the haka. So, Can't. I mean, it's it's I'm just channel all that energy into a positive mindset and let's go CKB parlay. Let's go CKB parlay. I cannot wait for it. Uh, all right, my slate is as follows, top to bottom. Israel Adesanya money line, minus 164, got it earlier this week. Adesanya Pereira under four and a half, plus 140. Wiley Esparza, fight does not go, minus 125. Poirier by KO, plus 165. Hooker money line, minus 152. He, he's coming back. He's at like minus 140 now. Uh, still plenty of time to get in on that. Brad Riddell money line, plus 108. Reyes Span under one and a half, plus 100. Favola, Azaitar, under 2.5, minus 170. Carlos Olberg, minus 115. Parlays did a little violence. Favola, Azaitar, does not go. Reyes Span, does not go, minus 102. Adam Poirier Chandler, does not go, plus 189. And then finishing from last week, Miranda Maverick, Aaron Blanchfield, Zhang Wei Li, minus 102 as well. And then, of course, the aforementioned CKB Parlay, plus 864. I took Pejeda by KO plus 275. Uh, Adesanya and by submission. Either of them gets a sub plus 900. Just a couple of flyers there. We've got Zhang inside the distance, even money. 
We've got uh, Michael Chandler plus 185. We have got Dan Hooker by KOTK round two plus 750. Ryan Spann plus 175. Brad Riddell plus 100. Uh, Adesanya Pajeda under four and a half. I haven't bet that yet, but you sold me on that one, Connor, so I'm joining you on that one. Aaron Blanchfield, second leg of an open parlay with Miranda Maverick from last week. Still got to find a third. Do that next week, but at minus 390. Then I've got some leans, considering Frankie Edgar, considering Wellington Terman, considering Atman Azatar, trying to be disciplined and not betting them, but I'm a DJ and we all know what's going to end up happening probably. CKB parlay. And then the big one, baby. All in, shoving all the units, everything I have left over. I've already got half my units on her. Wiley Zhang straight, shoving whatever's left over. I think it's going to end up being like 25 units or something. On Jesus. Why? Wow. So, so you're saying whatever winnings that you acquire leading no, up? No, no, no. No, okay. what, whatever is in the bank account before I finalize my bet. So before I make the determinations on Termin, Isatar thing, whenever I'm, I'm locked into this is all I'm betting, I'm going to just take the rest of it, put it on on Jang, let it ride, baby. I love it. Yes, that's what I was asking. That's what I was asking. Uh, that's fantastic. I mean, that's going to be great theater. I, I can't wait to ride it with you because it's it's looking like my exposure to to Zhang is, is growing by the minute. Um, so it should be great. It should be a fantastic card. The city's on fire for it. Everywhere I go, people are just like, I just hear them, you know, on the subway, UFC 281, uh, you know, going to the coffee I mean, shops, yeah. 281. You're going to be at the garden, uh, even though that's a Boston accent, you know, still <laughs> still working on these Northeastern things. It is what it is, but it should be a fantastic card. We've got questions. The UFC's got answers come Saturday night. I cannot wait for it. That's about it for us. Uh, just a, just a quick tight hour 40, one of the longer ones, but I think it was, uh, I think it was worthwhile in this venture to try and find some winners on this UFC 281 card next week, UFC Vegas 65. The train does not stop a rolling. Uh, Sergey break after that, but first they're going to make us do a heavyweight over bet. <laughs> On Derek Lewis, which will yeah. be that might be an over half round over bet, which could be great. Sergey Pavlovich as well. It's gonna be one and a half, and it's gonna be a sweat, baby. Oh God, it's gonna be, or it's not gonna be a sweat at all, and it ends in like the first sixty seconds. Uh, it's true. You say a week off. I say PFL World Championships on Black Friday. Well, tough to argue that logic. Are we gonna do a show? <laughs> we should do a show on the PFL World I, Championships. Let's I do it. I'm going to be there uh, because I'm it's so in, jealous of you. I'm going to be there. going to watch a bunch of million dollar fights on Black Friday right after the USA England World Cup game. Going to be electric. Uh, I already have numerous bets down, so I'm happy to do a do show. Do you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. if you already have numerous, then we're I mean, definitely doing it. I mean, lines have been out for a while. Uh, yeah. They have been, which yeah. I was impressed by it, the PFL getting lines out. So good uh, for them you, in that regard. You want me to know my biggest disappointment? Big Apple uh, Burgos off the card. Oh, yeah. Lock. I mean, that, it was such a lock. I'm Big so Apple disappointed. Big Apple Burgos could never have not been a lock there. I mean, it was just... Uh, but now, now you get to watch Ante Delaja or Mateus Shuffle win a million dollars. So... I mean, that's just... By uh, being the 40th best guy. heavyweight in the world. Yeah, I think I'm already down on Rob Wilkinson, Brendan Lognane. Uh, I love... Gotta ride Log. Gotta ride Log. Gotta ride him. Uh, yeah, so it should be fantastic. That's it. We can worry about that later this month. Uh, for now, UFC 281 
is in front of us and we have to see how we do there we'll see you next week ufc vegas 65 doesn't get any better than lewis uh, pavlovich uh it is sergey is it sergey spivak or I, I believe it's i believe it's spivak <laughs> got my uh my Sergey's mixed up there. I actually, yeah, and those are very different fights, by the way. Very. It Pavlovich is, would be no, awesome. It is, Spivak, it is Pavlovich. It is Pavlovich. It's Spivak, according to the UFC right now. Wow, damn it. I'm looking at best fight odds, and it says Pavlovich. That's why I'm... Oh, no. Sergey Pavlovich is fighting Tai Tuivasa. Sorry, I'm... Uh, that is. I'm too focused on UFC 281. That's going to be yeah. another sweaty heavyweight over Pavlovich yeah. Tuivasa. We'll get to that when we get there. All right, I'm done talking now. See everybody next week. (laughs) Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.